And so we return to the best league the world has ever seen other than China. The LEC, home to incredible talent, all-star teams, peerless analytical prowess and really, really great podcast hosts, the most handsome, charismatic, intelli- Come on, Daniel. What? It's what? fine, Yamada. You're doing, you're doing great. Daniel's here. <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> just, uh, I like that line a lot. That last line was really good, but can you just, uh, just skip to the last part of the script? The moment you've all been waiting for, Euphoria is back, baby. Welcome to the premiere of Euphoria Season 5. Uh, we're joined today by Yamato Cannon and Frost Gurren. And before we talk about kind of the meat and potatoes of this podcast, which is our top 20 list heading into spring, uh, I thought it would be good to kind of remind people about a little bit about what happened in the off season. And most important to me are the names that we've lost because they are dead to us now. And it is Broxa, Jizuke, Soaz, Kabe, Ignaz, a few other guys leaving too, Mowgli. But I was curious who stood out most to both of you? Who are you going to miss the most? Who are you most surprised that left? Honestly, surprise, I guess, Kobe. I wanted to keep Kobe after that wonderful year in Splice. I think uh, it was time to even grow further. Mm. But he wants money. That's cool. I think there's also kind of this idea of... Um, okay, so hear me out. Mm. If you want to win the LEC, you either have to be on Fnatic or G2 at this point. Like, let's be honest. No other team is going to ever lift a championship. So if you can't be on one of those rosters, is it better to be on a mid-tier LEC team or is it better to be on a top-tier LCS team where you get the buyout? Theoretically, you get a spotlight. You still get some of that competitive integrity and you get to go to Worlds. And if you look at that TSM roster, because... I would have said outside of that, unless you're on TL, no. But Broxa goes to TL, so I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Kabe going to TSM and with the changes that the TSM roster has made, I'm like, that also makes sense. If it was any other North American team, like an Evil Geniuses, sorry, <laughs> uh, Jizuke, it, it wouldn't be great. But because it's TSM and how stacked the roster is, I'm like, okay, I can see it. Honestly, I think even with Jizuke, I would echo the sentiment. I think when it comes to paycheck, I guess Soaz. He has a, like a rough year in Misfits, so maybe his market value is not as high. But I think uh, people shouldn't judge him based off of that. Like I think um, the Immortals roster doesn't look too exciting. I think Jezuke on EG, based on what I've heard, the rumors, and also how uh, me talking to him, I think that team could be like a contender. Maybe not break top two, but maybe rock, break top three, top four. And Broxa and, and Kobe for sure. I think they couldn't have gotten better teams over here in Europe. I think, unfortunately for Jizuke, it was just uh, really hard to move around mid laners. No one really did move mids. And so I think it was actually much easier for uh, Broxa and Kabe just being jungle in AD position. Because I think when you look at Jizuke and Soaz, I agree with uh, what Yamato's talking about. Maybe market value came into it. I heard some rumors that, you know, if Soaz is shopping around for teams and just no one will, will buy out because no one changed top laners, then of course you're going to go over to North America try to like sharpen up your skills and then hopefully make like a bounce back. I think that's probably what Soaz is thinking. So hopefully we'll see these names again, but I can kind of understand some of the moves. I don't think it was just like ka-ching payout day. Yeah, it makes a decent amount of sense. I'm curious, who who do you feel like was the biggest loss for the scene? Is there anyone that we're like really sad to lose? Brox immediately comes to mind. Fan favorite. I generally had some really monster Jizuke performances. Jizuke and Kabe were really hard to lose. I think Jizuke, um, unfortunately like, and I know Yamato can talk more about this. You know, he didn't have the greatest 2019 year, health reasons, trying to figure out kind of a new system in jungling. Um, but he was he was top three mid. And, you know, until the very end, he was like top four right there. And I think everyone was looking at Jizuke like it's his time to shine. He can do it and just had some of these hurdles. And so it's kind of a feels bad to see him kind of blow out in the way that he did um, when he was such a phenomenal player for so long. And I have no doubt that if he was still here in 2020, the conversation would be Jizuke still in running for being top four. I think when it comes to Jizuke, like knowing him so well personally, I think uh, the bottom line is this was a big, big growth year for him. Like even in the interview he did with ESPN, you can see how different he looks. Like the man has made like a complete transformation in terms of how he takes care of himself and how he approaches the game and has uh, improved on many of his flaws, kept a lot of those strengths, and I think uh, 2020 is going to be his best year ever. I think when I think of a loss in terms of a player leaving a region, it's usually like, did these players peak? And when I look at some of these players, I, th I felt like they've had like the best year of their career has to offer so far, like Broxa when he went to the World Finals, or Soas, for example, he's had so many great years. He still would be good, I'm not saying he's going to kind of be washed up, but... 
I think when I look at Kobe and Jizuke, I think they haven't peaked yet. And uh, the worry is always like, are you going to North America and are you going to kind of stagnate your own growth? That's always the question mark. It's tough because there's just not a huge track record of European players going over and getting better. And people will reference the Bjergsens and the Jensens, but to me, there's, their careers before NA were so short that it's really hard to make any kind of definitive statements there. But, I, you know, a lot of names to lose in the offseason. Happy for NA that they get so many of our wonderful personalities. A little sad for us. But, uh, of course, as we continue through the podcast, we are simultaneously building a new set at this moment. So uh, bear with the sounds of drills and maybe occasional shouts in German in the background. I won't be able to train. What? <laughs> Hopefully no one nail guns through the hand. We'll, we'll, we'll give you the play-by-play if it does happen. But uh, on the other side of the coin, we have a ton of new names coming in. And that's, that's like, we, I think we have 13 new players if you count. 15? Uh, 15? Yeah. I thought it was 13 including Arome if you count Arome. Okay, yeah. Um, I literally went on Law Esports wikis and counted. So I could be wrong. There could be like names on the bench that I haven't counted. There was a, there's names on the bench. There was a good article that was running around Reddit that was talking about the 15 rookies coming into the LEC. There's also a plane flying overhead, and I don't know if people can hear <laughs> this, but flying overhead the, or the parking in the stadium of sounds that are going to be coming into the back of this. Uh, sorry if you're exclusively in podcast land. Um, but honestly, like this is the week that I look a lot at new players, so I'm not necessarily as versed. But I'm curious if. If there are any names that really stand out to you guys as people that like fans should be keeping their eye on as we move into week one, anyone that you really think is like a front runner, maybe to start contesting top five in their role. I think the biggest judgment we can take away from what I've been scouting is just solo queue. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at the players that have been tearing it up the most. Uh, the one that I'm personally the most excited for is uh, Comp. Uh, Comp on Vitality. I think this guy has uh, the potential to be super, super good. Um, I think also Karzi. I think uh, he got pushed into only playing mages that's the thing with comp though is that he he has a reputation of going for the mages in the bot lane because he tried to go toe-to-toe on the adcs coming through like eu masters and even his erl league and just couldn't hang with the top talent of that league never mind the lec so i think that's the issue with comp that while he has kind of that that pocket of going for like the mage picks um i haven't seen him really start popping off on if we do rotate back around to like the misfortunes, the Lucians, and the Varuses. I think, you know, uh, the main thing that I'm taking my uh, conclusion from is just solo queue and just spectating and uh, looking at how uh, they maneuvered themselves against uh, the LEC players. And I think, uh, you know, when, when I looked at a lot of the regional leagues, I think they can be quite deceptive because I think a big part of how players are being judged before they enter uh, the LEC for the first time is also how they perform against uh, other pro players. Because the opinions of pro players in the, the the major leagues are usually the ones that are the deciding factors, unless you're maybe like Mad Lions, where everything is kind of hand-picked and I don't think Humanoid had that much input. Mm. Uh, I think when it comes to, for example, uh, Vitality, Jack Troll, I think he made that choice when it came to comp and he was very supportive of this. And I think um, there is two uh, kind of sources of uh, information that you can take away from. I think... Um for me, the Misfits roster, uh, and I'm going to butcher his name, so I greatly apologize. Raz, Razork? Razor K. Razor? I'm calling him Razor K until we figure out how to actually pronounce it. The jungler of um, Misfits. I watched him throughout the EU Masters, and effectively a lot of these um, rookies that are coming to the LEC, people looked at the ERL leagues, they looked at EU Masters, and they just gutted the top rosters. Giants, Vodafone, um, BIG, and Mouse Esports in particular, and then just like stole all of those players and threw them onto rosters. We have a lot of jungle support duos coming into uh, the LEC now, so like brand new names like Denik and uh, Razark, Razark uh, played together previously and now they'll play for, for Misfits. And I think this jungler is actually really talented. I think his um, map awareness, uh, how he reads like state of the map and the decisions that he's making, especially in a meta that is going to be so reliant on having a good jungler and really showcasing you if you're a weak jungler, I think he's someone to watch out for. And I'm excited. I mean, like we got eyes on the bot lane. I'm always happy to have more junglers. I feel like jungle this season is going to be uh, definitely interesting to watch with all the new changes but let's jump right into into tier lists so we have each of us have made a list save time i will merely be uh your presiding host instead of going into my top 20 maybe because last time i made such an egregiously horrible list that it took perks coming on and flaming me uh (laughs) to offer me any kind of redemption um but this is our top 20 coming to split is individual expected performance 
for week one specifically. So not predictions for the end of the split, expectations coming into the split. And before we start on number 20 for both of you guys, I'm curious if there's any specifics for your lists. Like, do you look for, like, what are your criteria that you're ranking on? How do you define best personally? I'm going to be honest, I didn't know we we're going to, based off of the performance in the first week. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, did you guys not do that? Are you guys just like overall you think best? I just kind of, I thought of it in the same way that we would do like worlds. And so it has yeah. kind of like that end of year where you're taking in like the his, the history of this guy's career and what you know he's capable of and what you yeah. think he will do. So remember that thing that I said, ignore that. Um, we're doing <laughs> the history of the career and the what they think we'll do. Well, this is also part perfect that you guys are on the same page there because my list is going to be completely different. You're going to be like, why would you rate that guy so high? I'm like, because this guy plays good in week one. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I did uh, I did champion pool mechanics and flexibility slash versatility and play style. So those okay. were kind of the three metrics that I was looking at. Uh, for me, I kind of judge based off of the competition they have in their role. I took that heavily into account and also what role they're playing. I think there are some roles that have kind of a lot of scarcity in terms of how how good? Scarcity? Is that a word? Scarcity. Scarcity? Scarcity? Scarcity, scarcity sounds way better scarcity. than scarcity. It's like, hello to my little friend <laughs> in this city. No, but um, uh, definitely the impact of every position that matters a lot. Because like supports, there's not that many of them that were great. Like in Europe, it's like Hillisang, Mickey, and then everybody else. Uh, so role dependency. All right. We have a choice. We can do our, there will be, I assume, honorable mentions, because you can never fit all the 20 players that you feel like don't deserve attention on the list. Do we want to do them at the end after we've done number one, or do we want to do them at the start? You know, it's funny, 20? when I was like kind of going through, so my strategy was I took each position, and then I just kind of just grabbed the names of the position. I was like, okay, here, what's a good top laner? I'll grab all top laners that are like worthwhile. And as soon as I got to a name, I was like, I'm sure that there's a better mid laner than this top lane. I moved on to jungle. And then once I had kind of like that list, and I agree, I had like, very small support pool, pretty big ADC pool, like things like that. And I counted it all up. I had 21. And I was like, okay, one name goes. Let's just try to organize Who's your that. Who's your one name? Because I know I know Yamato has a decent amount of shout outs. Yeah. Um, the one name that I removed was self-made. Oh, Wait, you were self? Okay. All right. All right. So honorable Sorry. mention to self-made in, in the 21 okay. slot. So give my, yeah, give yours. So I have to explain what my honorable mentions are. Okay. I felt like these players can definitely, potentially, some of them break top 10. And it didn't feel reasonable to put them in 20 because I think it's either they are up there or they are uh, not on the list Those at are, all. That's a very big difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's why it's so difficult because we have so many rookies coming in and then, you know, we have the rookie forgiven coming back. You know, that's... A I've never... <laughs> I've never heard of that man. So my honorable mentions is forgiven, Gistic, Karzi, and then I have as... a. A second tier of honorable mention is uh, Dreams, Patrick, Cadrill, and Comp. I also kept uh, Patrick off mine. Because no. mm. not on mine either. Not even for week one performance in my weird I list. I kicked him off for Han Sama. <laughs> oh, we're going to get into that. Oh, man, I have a lot of opinions already. Okay, um, number 20. Uh, why why are we starting 20? No one cares about 20. Well, no, Start number no, one. No, get 20 so they, they listen and they stay yeah. for one. That's not how that works. They'll the actually way. just that's scrub. Speed through. That's the way. There's timestamps. Yes. Remember last time when we wanted to make uh, a tier list fine. at the start of the season? And you're Whatever. Like, why would you go with this format? Fuck your tier list. It's fine. It was a disaster. All right, fine. <laughs> 20. Number 20. Uh, you, you Yeah. Who who wants to present first? On Sama. You? A humanoid. Humanoid. Oh, I have humanoid at 19. Wow, that's I put humanoid like pretty like. I have Hans Sama on nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about nineteen and twenty then. The analyst, um, the play by play. So yeah, okay. I took Hans Sama off my top twenty list. So here's play by play. Here's move. my question: Make make pitch me Hans Sama. Why is Hans okay. Sama top twenty? What do you think makes Hans Sama? Hans Sama mechanically was always a very strong player. What I hear that went wrong is that Hans Sama is not a very vocal player in terms of how he participates with the communication and the shot calling of his team. When he's next to someone like Wadid, who is also quite quiet then they lose the plot they lose some direction and it becomes a very boring a very flat lane and they just had various different supports next to him i think when he had Hiva and 
DOS maybe, I think Kiva for sure, suddenly you started to see some of that old Han Sama come to life. And now that he has a guy like Vander next to him, I'm like, this is perfect. Vander will puppet master Han Sama. All he needs is a little Roomba vacuum that will fill up that CS and then just be that mechanical beast that we know that French ADC can be. You lost me on the Roomba point. I am not entirely sure where the Roomba happened. You play with CS. Hoover up and CS. you clean it all up. I didn't play with Wadid. Who are you thinking of? Uh, Ignar. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, once again, the soul cue point. I've, I've been seeing how well he plays together with Vandal, and uh, bot lane is usually like the, the lane that you can rate the easiest because uh, most uh, dual bot lanes, they just dual queue. They dual queue and they play, and I agree with the sentiment that uh, together with Vandal, that's a very deadly and lethal combination. I think Han Sama mechanically has always been super, super good, and I think uh, the market value of him definitely went down with the whole Misfits uh, ordeal. And I think uh, it's a definitive upgrade if you look back at what Rogue had uh, the previous year with uh, Woolite or Hikyu. Well, who, who else did they have? Don't talk shit about Woolite or Hikyu. As, uh, who cares? Rogue is really defensive. As, uh, let and them be defensive. Fight the fact that they at the first possible moment. <laughs> it's, anyway. it's not really a good look. Like they have like the master bandits and they're going to be defensive about their players. No. All right. Like, anyway. <laughs> Digress. Humor. All right. I, I'm willing to be convinced. I'll just say on the Hansama thing. I'm. I'm skeptical he got cut because at the end of the day i have put my faith in the han sama project for like the past three he's seasons. one of our best lucian players and lucian's real hot right now yeah but like he's one of the best draven was great for a long time and he was still like bombing in half the misfits games like, that's because misfits themselves were bombing I'm as an adc player in a vacuum what are you I supposed can't. to do it's also it's also number 20 there's yeah, 50 players number, number 20 is not like wow world champion yeah. you know in a vacuum i don't have faith in han sama i'm willing to believe the vander thing i'll have to see it but humanoid Yamato, what's 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 with humanoid? Talk to me about humanoid. So I'm actually surprised he's so low for a team that did relatively well at Worlds. So I think he's really really good, but on a very specific like he has a very specific champion pool. Like last year, I think there was Kiana, there was Akali, but then I saw his Corky performance and he was just running it down. You know, I I couldn't believe he won that game when he was playing against Origin because he didn't deserve to win this game. He was getting caught over and over. So I think. The right champion, I saw having success as well on, I think, Rise and maybe Leblanc. In the right meta, I think he's really good, but we never know what we're going to have in the middle of the split. Kali's going to get nerfed off of, of the earth, you know, she's going to be permabanned. Maybe Kiana's going to get nerfed as well because she deserves it. And then maybe Humanoid is not the same player as we used to. Maybe we have a mage meta and all of a sudden Larson goes up in value because of it. So I think he's too meta dependent for me to put him higher. Yeah, I completely agree. I think certain matchups, um, when he's not comfortable in a champion, it really shows because he loses matchups in the mid lane that he shouldn't lose. If he does have one of his uh, his popping off champions, then suddenly Humanoid is that hype X factor that we were always talking about on broadcast, and it's just kind of that inconsistency. Yeah, uh, I mean, as a note, like one of the things that I always uh, I didn't think as much about kind of the champion pool thing, but he died a lot alone, isolated over the course of Worlds, 27. His ability to read map state isn't the strongest. And so when the map opens up and you need him to play a side lane, um, I think on if he's on a champion like Ryze, his mechanics are good enough that he can take the 1v1, but he doesn't have the experience or the veteranship to recognize that he's about to die. Yeah, I was, yeah, 27 is a big number. Uh, well, he was only only beat out by Wonder, who tied with him, and Vizichachi was at 30 isolated deaths. But that's just thank frankly. you for my segue into number 18, Wonder. Number 18. What? Number 18, the G2 top laner. Yeah. Not high fiving that. Okay. All right. Well, we found our first one that we can go deep on. <laughs> what's wrong with Wonder? Okay. Wait. What's your 18? Uh, upsets. Okay. That's we can. That's also very low. Why don't you dump my boy upset? Like what? That? Okay. This is going to be a list. All right. All right. What's the pitch? Why? So first off, what do you think Under Wonder does well, and then why is he so low on his list? Are you debating that Wonder shouldn't be on the list at all? No, no, no. no. My, I would, despite the bad world's performance, I put Wonder much higher. Okay. So I thought for sure that people wouldn't put Wonder on the list. That a lot of top laners would kind of uh, fly underneath the radar, and Top wouldn't get kind of the respect that it really deserves. I think Top is dense this year, actually. Uh, I just think that. We have decent top laners, but we don't have great top laners. And I feel like Wonder was one of those great top laners. Mm. Um, the reason why I have him so low is because of kind of his recent performance. I think outside of like the Kled, he wasn't really popping off. That said, knowing what Wonder is capable of, and especially if we're going into a meta where Orn is such a big pick, and I think Wonder is a fantastic Orn player, I was like, I didn't expect anyone to have him on the list, but I had to have him, but I couldn't put him up in top 10. And I basically just put kind of inconsistent players beneath him he himself is also semi-inconsistent but has the mechanics the longevity the champion pool and the versatility mm. which is why he's on my list so is it 
just in general, you feel like top lanes are, are pretty weak right now in Europe that, that wonder. Don't put words in my mouth. I didn't say oh, we're weak. When I was ranking the top laners, I was I mean, like, a question. who do I think is the best top laner? I was like, Finn. And then I had Alfari and Cabochard. Finn is the best top we're, laner? We're going to get into that when we get to that. Okay. All right. So you have very controversial top lane opinion. I didn't think that that was controversial. So... And then I put Odo and Wonder on there, and then I had like Whippo so, on so, the very. This is a hard part about. So Odo Amne is over Wonder. I didn't know. I didn't rank it like that. I just had. I was when I was just grabbing them. I was like, These are the I, ones that you think are like yeah. Good. Before okay. I just started throwing names away. Okay. Um, damn. Uh, should I explain upset? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's hard why to is move, upset on, like, move on from that. No, but that's also surprising. So she's surprised us with Wonder, but we're surprised about you with really? upset solo. <laughs> Yes, well, no, am I crazy? Am I just an upset fan? I had upset at nine. I think when it comes to... I will not say where Wonder is, because I think that's exciting to keep <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> no, but uh, when it comes to upset, I think specifically on this team, I think uh, upset as a player was very different when he was on Schalke, and I think that's what this roster is very similar to. I think uh, he's not going to be the, the key point of why OG is going to be a good team or a bad team. Mm -hmm. I think... When I look at the Origin roster, I think Alfari had an in, a really, really insane year on a team that was pretty bad, honestly. And uh, I think when it comes to Origins next year, when I look at the key players there, it's going to be Nuktak, Zerxe and Alfari. And I think they're going to be a monster top 3v3. And I don't think Upset's going to be the main reason as to... Uh, he's, he's going to be good. He's going to be the... The, the AD carry you can trust that later passes in the game, but I don't think he's going to create any too exciting opportunities. I think also uh, the detriment here is that he is uh, uh, now playing with a support that I don't think is going to be that great in terms of how much they're going to accomplish in lane. I think Origin is going to be full topside focus. They're going to be um, made or broken uh, through this. Interesting. So more of like a, what his role, what his capacity is in the team. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, Schalke kind of last year, for sure, nine. Because he was just winning games, and Schalke was winning a lot of games, and upset was the main cause of it, and how Schalke played around it. But I don't think it's going to be the same case. And uh, when that's not the case, I think he's going to be very serviceable. He's going to do well in team fights. He's going to do his job. And uh, when I'm looking at my list and the players that are beyond that, those those are the players that can be really yeah. break out and really take away. It's, game. I think it's like it's a bit of a hard pill for me to swallow. Like the context you're giving makes sense, but in the context of like best players, I think it's a little bit weird. But I just think that you have a different criteria for this. Yeah. And so I'm just curious what that looks like, and if there are any names later on your list, higher up on your list that I wouldn't have normally considered that changes when you're factoring in out of this kind of this team dynamic that you you've kind of added to your list um i want to do 14 to 17 in a block in a block once again i want to talk about because apparently we didn't think 10 to 1 was going to be interesting but apparently 10 to 1 is about to be the biggest fiesta of all time so if one so of you just you wants want to, 14 to 17 or 17 to 14 seven, 17 to 14 in that yeah, order, for dramatic effect nuke duck cabo shard alfari inspired and in that order yeah. So Nuke Duck is 17. Yeah, and then it's Cabo. Cabo. And then it's Alfari. Mm -hmm. And then Inspired. Yeah. I have Inspired, Vander, Larsen, Buipo. Inspired, Vander, Larsen, Buipo. So that's my 17 to, to 14. Okay, so immediately, so you both have, oh my God, you both have Inspired here, which I'm curious about. So Inspired is a guy that when people talked about him a lot last year, he was kind of, he seemed like the smart jungler. I didn't always see it in let's say, like, simple outputs. Like, he didn't always have the highest K plus A. He wasn't always, like, the big KDA player. He wasn't I think his champion pool was an issue. Unless he got Olaf the Olaf, <laughs> he couldn't be as effective as he needed to on the map. So I'm hoping that Inspired will find, like, another pick. Olaf is very strong in the meta right now. So in terms of champion and playstyle flexibility, that's why he's kind of, like, middle of the pack. But in terms of raw talent in making decisions around the map, reading state of map and recognizing what he wants to do, and in a 2020 jungle meta, which is, again, much more punishing, and that mm. you need to know exactly what you're going to do when you're going to do it. Because if you fall behind, you're screwed. I think that boosts Inspired up, because otherwise I would have put him slightly lower. Like, I still think he deserves to be on a top 20, but it's that I think he's smart enough and has the talent that he will be just underneath the great junglers for uh, this 2020 split. I feel, like, um, I feel like there's a lot of room for improvement when it comes to Inspired. I think the, the champ champion pool issues were definitely addressed, and I think as Rogue progressed throughout the season, the whole Olaf one-trick thing was kind of forgotten. And... Um, I'm also judging based on what I saw in scrims and practice. When we, whenever we faced Inspired, he had a lot of creativity in terms of how he was ganking. He uh, was very well aware of the 
the, the part of the map that he really needed to impact and he found ways to do it. Uh, basically, it was like a race. Okay, they want to screw us over here in bot, we want to impact bot, and he did it in very intelligent ways. And also at the same time, there was very, very little to be too mid lane, and I think together with Larson, he played super, super well. So I think in just in terms of game knowledge and understanding, that's super good, and mechanically can also play. Uh, like, for example, we had this big problem for a lot of junglers last year was when Kiana was meta, uh, all of a sudden, these junglers, they were trying to tell everyone, like, these champions are not good, but they were really, really unbalanced, and it was just that kind of junglers coming together, just trying to agree that we, we shouldn't play these junglers because they're too hard. And then it was like, maybe Xerxes played it, and then we saw, like, Broxa playing Silas, and it was just like, ah, what are you doing? And I think Inspire doesn't have this issue, so I'm hyped for his growth. Nice. Um, as we're kind of, like, moving a little bit faster through, there's obviously a lot of names to hit and a lot of names to talk about, but I'm curious how much these names show up in the future, but I do want to touch... Um, kind of briefly on, on Nuke Duck as the final one before we move on here, just because um, this is a guy that I think is going to vary wildly depending on whose tier list you look at, because either people like have the faith in Nuke Duck to be consistent top. I don't think it's faith. People just it's hard to understand what Nuke Duck does well to layman's terms because he isn't the flashy guy as much as he needs to be. It's really obvious to players or to an audience when they're looking at Humanoid and Humanoid pops off a collar like, that guy's good, look at him, he's killing people, look at how he's flashing around the map. Nuke Duck just doesn't do that. And so unless you really take the time to watch Nuke Duck, a lot of what he does for his team will just not be seen. Um, I view Nuke Duck in kind of the same way that Yamato set up the upset discussion, which is on this team, I think he's going to be the serviceable member and do a lot of great things for them and that Origin will be a top team and he's like a cog in that machine. Um, I think he's integral to it. Integral? Integral? Integral. Can't say it. Integral. Integral. He's important, important. to it. But <laughs> We're struggling with words I today. know, right? It's really early. Scar City. But he's he's not going to be like that, that pop-off player, but I think Nuke Duck deserves the respect. It's just... It's harder to see. It won't. It won't ever appear in the stats what that guy means for the team. But Origin will be a top team, and Nuke Duck is a huge part of that. Core of that. Um, look, kind of looking ahead here. Uh, let's do. I want to talk thirteen to ten. We're going quick, but. Cadrill, Hilly, Larson. So number thirteen, Cadrill. Number twelve, Hilly. Number. Eleven, Larson. Who's number ten? Did I say ten? Vander. Vander number 10. Okay, give me yours. Uh, Self-made, Nuktak, Hilisang, Alfari. You there's, can tell who's a top laner. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of top laners. So there's a lot of things. Uh, let's let's start with Vander here. I'm, I'm curious why Vander is so high. On Rogue almost made it to Worlds, and I'm almost sure. going to put most of that on Vander's uh, impact on the team. Uh, I think, again, it's a role that's super hard to judge because you can't see a lot of what supports are doing unless they're being Mickey and Hilly and they're running around on pikes and just like slamming kids. Um, but I think Rogue's macro movements, especially in the mid game, once the towers go down, their ability to find picks to create uneven fights and then kind of snowball that into objectives changed overnight as soon as Vander was on the roster. So I'm going to give him the communication, the shot calling presence. And then I think his mechanics are clean enough that he can still compete serviceably in the LEC as a support, and now it's his test. I think Vander is hasn't gotten a lot of the respect that he deserved for a long time, and maybe I'm trying to overcompensate for it, but I think Vander is going to be really important. Rogue will be a top-four team, and if Vander wasn't on the team, they wouldn't be a top-four team. Okay. Uh, it's always hard for me because like the, the big brain player, player leader kind of arguments always feel feel difficult. It doesn't always feel as immediately tangible. When you're right, like... Think of him as like kind of how people used to think about Mithy, I guess, yeah. if you're having a hard time swallowing this top 10 Vander pick, because that's kind of how I view him right now. And Yamato, what's, what's your thoughts on, on Vander specifically? I think when it comes to Vander, I think usually the, the main criticism towards him is the fact that usually he has a smart cha like a small champion pool, not a smart champion pool. It could be, could be smart in some cases too. But um, And I think on this team, there's not going to be like enough room for a team to be like, okay, let's ban three champions of Vander and then attack that. Because right now the support meta... I doubt that it's going to change too much. We're going to have Alistair, Leona, Nautilus, Braum, the four, uh, the trin like not the Trinity, but the quad of supports that everyone's going to play. And I think that's perfect for Vander and what he wants to do within the team. And I think also uh, the history of Vander in terms of 
how well he lanes and how well he meshes together with Hans Sama right now, I think is, is a really big deal. And I'm really, really, like, I'm super, super hyped on Hans Sama Vanderbilt, you know, so really, Are you both just, like, feeling that one? I'm so skeptical. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I want to believe in it because it would be such a cool story for Rogue to suddenly have this powerhouse bot lane, but, like, I don't know, I'm... I'm holding back. I'm not ready to dive in. Uh, I don't think like Vander and Han Sommer are gonna come out and just like start popping. Yeah, I mean like, you, oh, yeah, you haven't credited Van. You literally said <laughs> not the Mickey Hillis thing. I yeah. understand. I understand what I'm getting here. I I'm think, getting role players. It's fine. Yeah, they're gonna get out of lane even or slightly ahead, maybe slightly behind, and then start popping kids. <laughs> All right, Jacob. There's Nuktak. I could give my opinion. Nuktak. Yeah, so I have a bit of a higher uh, you, ranking. You for hold him. him in higher regard, yeah, because Frost said he expects him in the same way that you did with Upset to be that role player. Do you expect Nuketek to be that carry, this that carry then on this OG lineup? I, I think the big issue with Nuketek has always been how well he communicates with his jungler. I think there was a time where uh, Nuketek was very successful. That was more uh, recent, and that was with Shook on Vitality. And I think Shook is kind of does his own thing, and you kind of follow and stick around. And I think now, coming into Origin, I think Xerxes can definitely take the role of taking charge of what needs to happen, because I think he's done that with lesser players and has made it work with lesser players. Whether Xerxes was playing with Niski or with Humanoid, he always made the 2v2 look very, very strong. And I think that comes down to Xerxes. And I think Nuktak's biggest weakness is always his communication skills and also when it really, really matters. Because he's the type of person that, if he's in a lane matchup, that needs to be affected by a jungler and he needs a specific timing, needs specific help and needs this specific something to pressure, he's not the one to call for it. Mm. And when it comes to what needs to be done in terms of game knowledge and how he plays mechanically is always really, really insane. But what makes the perfect mid laner is the mid laner that can take all of these resources to himself, like a Caps, like a Perks, and at the same time perform mechanically. Because strictly, if Nuktak played a 1v1 tournament, you can't count him out. It would be really, really insane in terms of mechanical play against the mid laners. That's why all the mid laners respect them because mechanically, really, really insane. But in terms of communication, needs some work. And I think Xerxes bridges this gap. Be good. Um, honestly, I'm always excited to see what Nuketek does. He's a highly variable player. At worst, he's sitting in lane doing nothing. At best, he's playing Zed and styling on kids. So always someone I'm, I'm interested to watch. <laughs> um, I want to hit number nine and number eight. Then we'll take a quick break and we'll be back for top seven after that, so nine and eight. I can go first, I guess. You go I, first. I have Nemesis and then Caps. <laughs> okay, what do you have? Who do you have, Ross? <laughs> oh, I don't want to get flamed. I'm so sorry. I put Forgiven and then Upset. Yo, okay, you don't want to get flamed. All right, all right, all right. Oh, God, where to start? Okay. There's so much to unpack here, guys. All right, so first off, let's start with, I'll start with, start with yours, Yamato. You have Caps in a new position above Nemesis on your tier list. Honestly, like, I would have put Caps a lot higher if it wasn't for him being AD carry. But... I mean, I, I agree with that. That's, that's, I put Caps a lot higher, but I was just... I basically had to keep him out of top three because I was like, I can't do it because he roll swap, but this is the greatest player that Europe has. Because, like, when it comes to Caps, I, I still think... Mickey and Caps, they have a very similar spirit in terms of how they enjoy the game, how they experience the game. And I think there's going to be games where they just completely demolish on their own playing like Set Orn, bot lane, RKOing people out of nowhere, you know, doing some stuff, you know. And I, I think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be like the bread and butter of G2 because I think it's going to come down to the 2v2 in mid lane and then eventually Purse is going to go back bottom again where he doesn't think it's a boring role. Mm -hmm. That's my prediction. But I think <laughs> there's going to be games where Caps and Mickey just slam people. Yeah. And your, I mean, your thoughts? I mean, you, you kind of talked a little bit about the role swap, but maybe your thoughts on Nemesis overall? I don't know. I put Nemesis up higher. I know that you wanted to take a break, but basically... No, you can, you can go into the Nemesis explanation, because then we don't have to hit him as much in the... In the uh, for my top five, I basically took... Um, don't spoil the whole five. Just tell me where Nemesis is. He's five. <laughs> he's five. Okay, and there you Caps go. Caps is just underneath him. Okay. But again, I feel so strongly that Caps is, like, just the best player that Europe has, and I agree that there's going to be some moments where you just... You're reminded that you're playing against the best player that they have, but I was like, it feels really... Uh, disingenuous on a role swap when we just don't have the data necessary because it could come out and Caps could be the greatest bot lane player that we've ever seen and he slams kids and this list looks like a fool because he's not number one but I was like I'll pick the players who are like the stars in their roles 
um, and then put them above, and then I'll put caps. But, like, very easily, I can see an argument for caps being, like, all over this board, um, but caps is always going to be in top ten, so always. Is, is Nemesis for you, then, potentially for both of you, next to Perks, the second the second best mid laner in Europe I, right now? Mm, on certain picks and in certain styles. I think the issue with Nemesis is, is that he got so many resources and it's really hard to tell kind of where Nemesis starts and where Fnatic begins in terms of the success because he constantly had multiple people coming into his lane. Now, when you did put Nemesis off into a side lane and he was left to his own devices when he's in his own team fights, I think he's far superior in executing than Humanoid was. Like, Nemesis really did create his own pressure points. He turned team fights around, but like, I like his Cassiopeia. I like his Twisted Fate. He plays a lot of the traditional mages, but it's not the same flexibility that you see out of a champion pool like like Nukeduck or like Caps or like Perks even brought to a mid lane. So that's like the pros and cons of Nemesis. It's just, I need to see more from him. I want to see more evolution because this guy will be amazing. But right now he's just great. Last thoughts on Nemesis, Yamato? I think when it comes to Nemesis, like I have a completely different opinion because I think he got very little resources, like next to nothing. I think- Hilly was in his lane all the time. I think what it came down to, I think when they played T Twisted Fate in mid lane, then they gave a lot of resources. But I think the entire Fnatic roster, the entire world's run, their entire best of five against G2, two of them, Nothing was about mid lane. It was Akali versus Silas, and no one gave a shit about mid lane. I would agree was, with it that. It was all about just pressuring into bottom, pressuring into bottom, because this was the only thing Fnatic had figured out to do. And I think when it comes to Nemesis into this year, the biggest question mark was always the reason why this 2v2 mid lane ex doesn't exist is it because of Broxa? Is it because of, of Nemesis? And I think I was reserved with putting him higher. I think that he's the second best mid laner we have coming into 2020. I think he's much better than Humanoid because he's not going to run it down on Corky. He knows how to, uh, he understands the map state. He doesn't die to ganks. I think this is very positive. What is the next level? And I think the next level is uh, having a very strong 2v2. Mm -hmm. I think Selfmade and Nemesis, they have history playing together. I think that's going to work super well. And I'm reserved in putting him higher. I think I could put him higher if I could say for sure this 2v2 mid lane would be very, very powerful because I think that was the number one issue it, with Nemesis. And on top of that, I was very critical of his team fighting because sometimes with Akali, he was 6-0 and you just didn't feel it. Didn't yeah. feel it at all. And I think that's also a flaw of his. For me, I think, I mean, Nemesis is a player that I will always have my eyes on, but I, I struggle in the same way the product does, I think, figuring out what how much of this is a product of Fnatic. But I will say that I'm optimistic. I think the self-made Nemesis duo should be strong. How Fnatic's going to come in week one, I have no idea, but I think eventually that duo should be strong. You know, those are players that have a lot of experience um, together and seem to get along well, which I think is a big deal for the Fnatic lineup, kind of how well personal relationships mix and mingle. Um, Frosk, once more, your 8-9. Oh, I did. Um, forgiven and upset. And the reason why I put upset over forgiven is that I think the upset has proven that he has a wider champion pool. I'm, I'm I've heard that forgiven's champion pool is quite narrow right I, now. I just need you to give me the quick spiel on why you have so much faith in forgiven. After that, we'll take a break. We'll come back for top seven. But I just need to know why. Why so much faith in forgiven? I spend a lot of time, and I think this also when I think you put out the list, Yamato will have more top winners, and I'll probably have more ADCs. Mm -hmm. And I think it just comes down to the roles that. I don't know about Yamato, so I'm just making an assumption that we spend the most time looking at. I spend a lot of time looking at bot lane because I just feel that I know the role more intimately. And so I'm always usually much more impressed by ADCs. Um, back in 2016, I was over in the LPL and we had the best ADCs in the world. And I heard about this guy, Forgiven, who was over in Europe, just like cracking skulls. So I took a look at him. I was always very impressed with him. And so if he brings his 2016 self into 2020, like that's... That's a top-tier, world-class ADC, so I'm going to give him top-tier, world-class respect on the list. I put him number 20. I'm, I'm, you thoughts on Forgiven? I, I think when it comes to Forgiven, I think it's hard to find an in-between because I think Schalke will find a lot of success, a lot of wins because of Forgiven because I think Forgiven is very good at finding a path to victory. He has his eyes on Nexus, knows how to get there. If he gets a little lead, he knows how to get there. But the man took a three-year break. I don't care if he played on Greek teams, he casted Greek tournaments or played EU Masters, for that matter, but three-year break. No one has ever done this before. And I think if anyone's going to have remotely any success, it's going to be forgiven because of how driven and motivated he is. And then the bottom line is Schalke, how are they going to be affected by Forgiven? Are they going to be as driven, as motivated as him? That could be the case. There are some characters there, I think, together Forgiven and Gilius, they can motivate each other in a way that maybe we've never seen before. But 
Still, three years, a lot of the things that were considered unique a long time ago, they're no longer unique. Drive, mechanics, how you pressure in lane, these are things that we can say about a lot of AD carries. Mm. And I think the fact that he has no unique uh, kind of things to him anymore makes me skeptical. Final thoughts, Raska? Just... Um my sentiment on Schalke is I feel like Schalke are going to kind of be like the benchmark, not the benchmark in terms of the bottom of playoffs, but it's like if you beat Schalke, then you prove that pound for pound talent wise, you deserve to be a top team in the LEC. If you lose to Schalke, I don't think it's because they mechanic or uh, macro outmaneuvered you. It's probably just because they brute force smacked you down. So like, I think Schalke will be that team that decides, yes, you get to be a good team in the LEC. And if you don't touch Schalke, then you are a bottom team and you are not worth the relevant talking point. And I think it comes down to just the raw power on that squad. Hell yeah. Give me hype for Forgiven. Oh, let's do it. All right, we're going to be back after a quick break. I'm bracing for the Fiesta, the final seven in the 2020 spring tier list. All right, this is a special segment. We're going to call this one Yamato ASMR because Yamato's here and we might as well use his sultry voice for the good of the people. So the name of the game is I'm going to give Yamato a prompt and he has to ASMR through said prompt. This week's theme, things you would say to your ADC to help them recover from tilt. In this case, you're their support. So I just talk, is that ASMR? Yeah, you just you just talk. Just, just talk. pretend like your AD carry is like really upset, really frustrated. Like, oh man, I, I suck. I can't believe this. This game is so broken. Something's balanced. Like, and then you come in and you got to save the day. You got to get okay. him back on track. Don't worry, bro. You'll always respawn. Don't worry, bro. He's not gonna TP again. It's a six-minute cooldown. Don't worry, bro. The Drake is gone now. They're not gonna come bottom again. Don't worry. Don't worry, bro. This is the next game. You can just queue up for the next game. Don't worry, bro. You don't have to play AD catch. You just play a tank. Then it doesn't matter if you die. I know you keep feeding. Maybe you should try a different game, bro. Maybe you should try a different game. This is not working out. Maybe some normal games. Maybe some ARAM. It's okay, bro. Next game will be better. It's okay, bro. I love it. All right. Here we are. The final seven, the last seven names remaining on the list before the break, we got through players 20 through eight. Now I need to hear the top seven. Let's do them all at once. Uh, you know, just say seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You each do it. And then let's just let's just talk about placement, talk about rating, because I imagine a lot of the names are going to be the same. Fly, Frost, fly. Wanna go? <laughs> do we want to go one and then, or do you want me to just list the seven? Uh, why don't we just do one through seven? Who's, who's, let's start with number one. We can let people digest that. They just got Yankos. back from the break. Number one, Yankos. Burks. I have Yankos. I have Perks number two. I have Mickey number two. I have Wonder number two. Holy (laughs) God. It's a G2 cocktail. All right, let's keep going. Who's who's number three? Perks. Reckless. Okay, also have Reckless. Number four. Reckless. Mickey. Hillisang. Number five. Nemesis. Xerxes. Wonder. Number six. Caps. Cabo shots. Mickey X. (laughs) Number seven. Cersei. Jankos. <laughs> Upset. Okay. Welcome to the G2 cocktail, folks. Um, where to even get into this? I guess... Um, uh, I want to start. So, I wanted originally to put Reckless as number three. And mm-hmm. when I first wrote down this list and was just like, okay, I had to come up with a top 20. He would be my number one. The first name that I wrote down was Reckless. And I was just like, can I justify this? And I feel... I feel that in the mechanics, the versatility of play style, the champion pool, that Reckless m- met all of those uh, those regards. And the fact that Fnatic, like, he was so pivotal to their play style. It didn't work unless you had Reckless as your ADC because of his ability to play weak side, because of his ability to pull out the Garen and the Karma picks that were so vital to them in making such a deep run, not just in the LEC, but also at Worlds. And so originally when I made this list, I was just like, grabbing hold of the Reckless. It was only until I had to think, what's going to be the most important role in 2020? Oh, our MVP of summer. I think Jungle will be the most important role, will be the most polarizing role. And it was the fact that Reckless, like Yamada was talking about at the very beginning, is in such a crowded field of talented bot lanes that he got pushed down to number four but like it was so stacked i was like Mm. jungle's gonna be the most important the second most important will probably be support so my two are jungle and support for the best team in the lec 
Uh, okay, let's just go Yamato rather than going through your list in order. Let's talk about your thoughts on on kind of reckless. Um, you have his number three. I have number three. Like, I, I just think that uh, right now with Perks and uh, Mickey not playing botlane anymore, coming into 2020, Reckless and Hillisang are going to be by far uh, the, the best botlane. I think they were crazy good last year. Crazy, crazy good. They made made it hard for G2 to beat them, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that um, synergy that they built up and their understanding of always, always like squeezing every penny, they don't let you breathe in lane. If you make a mistake, they punish you for it. If you are not playing aggressive enough, they punish you for it. And I think right now they are a very well-rounded bot lane. Past criticism have been addressed when it came to uh, uh, Reckless Champion Pool. Like he, he can play uh, any type of style. It wasn't necessarily that Fnatic had to play through bot because there was an issue with playing through bot. They did it because nothing else worked and that was the thing that gave them the most success. And I think now, coming into this uh, next year, they will be very versatile. Reckless is very versatile. I think he's just a fantastic player. All right, the next one I want, I mean, I mean, I think Reckless has been a guy that we just have to keep our eyes on. And I think, would you would you agree, Froster, that like Reckless Hillisang as a bot lane is like expected number one? At least uh, heading into this I mean, yeah, they're the only bot lane that didn't change. Everyone else changed some sort of aspect to it. G2, obviously, with the role swap of caps and perks. Um, then the other one, I, the question I have is Yankos. Now, Frost, you've already talked about it. He's summer MVP. I agree with Frost, and that, like, I think the jungle is a lot more intense. Like, if you're a good player, it's going to show a lot more. And if you're a bad player, it's definitely going to show a lot more with removal of ketchup XP. I'm curious your thoughts on, on Yankos, Yamato. So I'm, I'm very reserved when it comes to Jankos. I put Xerxes above him because I was more impressed with Xerxes at the World Championship than I was with Jankos. I think... I think uh, had a bad tournament. Uh, the main issue with G2, I think, was uh, the, the early game planning, the idea of what they had to accomplish in early. Sometimes you had those pop-out uh, performances with Jankos on the leads, for example, the first game against Griffin. But uh, beyond that, I think there was a massive, massive issue in terms of... Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You continue. Go, 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 go. It's fine. <laughs> Emergency phone call. It's fine. Emergency phone call. Okay. So Continue. Talk to me. It's just me and you now. And then there was the whole Kiana <laughs> business. He was playing Kiana. His Kiana was awful. That's what Kiana. I have. I said anything as long as he's not playing. He's Kiana's number one. Awful. Kiana was trash. But then sometimes, you know, <laughs> the meta shifts and you need to play some specific champions. Mm -hmm. And... Not a lot, there was not a lot of mechanical junglers. And Xerxes still, on Kiana, was a monster. And I think that's why I'm putting him above. In terms what he managed to accomplish with the worst team, uh, I, it's hard to, to blame anyone on G2. Like, maybe it's... Uh, I, I thought uh, 2v2 mid lane wasn't really existing. Wunder, Jankos, they had some ganks together, but 2v2 mid lane wasn't there. And I think coming into the next year, Perks and Jankos, they have history playing together, Funnel, uh, 2v2 mid. I think that's going to be super, super good, and I still rate him super, super highly. And I understand there's a world where he's going to be the best jungler. I'm well aware of that. Right. Just for those angry YouTube comments, I'm expecting an important visa call. That was not it. But I thought it might be, and that's why I walked away. It's so Yamato is very important. But me. What Frost can't with the handle visa. is listening to <laughs> criticism of Yankos. He's the best player ever, and don't you dare talk bad about his Kiana. He was I was learning. calling him up. I was like, you won't believe the shit this guy is talking right now. <laughs> All right. There's two more players that I that I think are, are there's a few more players that are really important to hit, but the two that I want to hit next in order are perks and wonder. Um, and Yamato, I want to start with you again, kind of coming in here, because you have Wonder very, very high. And Frost, you have Wonder very, very low. I'm now, surprised that Wonder is that high. So what, why, why is Wonder so high? It's, and once again, as Frost, as you mentioned, more, a lot more top laners on Yamato's list, a lot more AD carries on yours. But what makes Wonder, Wonder so good for you? I think uh, it's uh, very easy to forget how good Wonder is based off of his most recent performances. But I think at the World Championship... He's like Wunder is so goddamn versatile. Between series, he was adapting his champion pool towards the enemy he was playing against. Against SKT, he was locking in champions that scale better. He was locking in Camille into Renekton. It's a bad matchup, but he just picked it because against SKT, you outscale them and you're going to, to win. That was the idea. Against Damwon, Jace every game because he knew the champion pool of Mr. Nuguri is just Vladimir, Kale, and Jace. If you take Jace, you're going to have a good matchup and they just isolated him. I think this versatility is insane. And coming into uh, the next year, I think that the, the meta on top lane is going to be much more cocktail and more open-minded than it used to be. We see a lot of Lucian top, there's going to be set top, there's going to be tank top, and I just feel like Wunder can play everything. And I think Wunder as a player, when it came to the best of five series against G2, I think he saved them. He saved them. And that's always the case when it comes to G2. When it's when they're stomping games, he kind of trolls around and kind of screws around. You saw him against Cloud9 playing Vladimir, going like 0-5 or some shit. 
But when it came to the key moments, he had like a rise performance where he just won V9s. He had the clad performance where he won V9s. That's why I put him so highly because I think when it comes to top lane, I think Wunder is the one that I would put my money on. So faith in him getting kind of back into fighting form after... I don't think back necessarily. I don't think he had that bad of a world championship in comparison to... I guess Jankos on the team. <laughs> you're really just you. You think I'm sorry, Jankos. I mean, you got to blame somebody for the not, failures, right? It was not right? Jankos, Jankos Smurf. Jankos is at fault. Um, shifting our attention over then to the other really important G2 member, and I think this is the question on everyone's mind, and people are kind of quick to take a side. Is is Perks just right back to the top of mid lane? I mean, he's been playing a bunch of mid lane champions, so it's not like he missed any time. <laughs> I'm like practicing his Syndra, practicing his Yasuo. I think it's about. Um, you know, can he pick up some of the newer reworks that are into that mid lane? Can he get back into the swing of things of being responsible for communicating with his jungler more and uh, finding those roams, um, which Perks was always pretty well known for, like in terms of his laning when he used to be a mid laner. So the assumption is, is that Perks will return back to form. And now that Caps is gone, he should be the best mid laner in, uh, in Europe. But we'll see. The plan has gone full circle. And I was like, Caps, you're not that good aid. You're going to get benched. We're bringing in someone else. <laughs> that was the and plan. Caps That's is perfect. Be I, was like, <laughs> like, I can't, be I can't Reckless beat this guy. Reckless go G2 yeah, and then I, everything I just is this just... Is the, the ultimate strategy for European domination is to take players onto G2, give them their preferred role for a year, then move them out of that G2 role, Reckless. and then bench them. And then there's no competition left. Perks is now undisputed number one mid laner. Who's, no, who's the best mid laner in Europe? Probably still Caps. Who's the number one mid laner? Perks. He's the one playing. Yeah, Master plan. I'm high for Perks though, man. I think the 2v2 with Jankos is going to be a super, super huge. Like, when, when Perks came onto the scene, the reason G2 was winning everything was first Trick and then They were uh, a Perks monster duo. 2v2, that was crazy, that first yeah, split. Trick was like was hard crazy. stomping every single game. Yeah. The Gragas, the Graves, yeah, I'm ready. And then they got a bit more timid. They were playing like late game games, whatever. Yeah, it was weird. It was the, well the Sven and Mithy era where it was just like Sven's going to carry and Perks is going to do yeah. something in a side lane maybe. Odd times. It's always exciting to see the iterations of G2. Um, historic team here. But, folks, there's so many names to talk about on this list. And this is a relatively short podcast, all things considered, to talk about 20 players. So let us know your thoughts on social. We're going to be posting each and every one of the lists, including mine, which we touched on very briefly. Um, and we're going to vote. Whose list do you think is the best? Whose list do you think most accurately reflects your own? Hashtag Euphoria Top 20. Damn it, I should have put Reckless number one. <laughs> you put Forgiven so high. You're already <laughs> getting the clickbait from the fans. You got Vander so high, right? It's going to love you for that. Um, yeah, so let us know. There's going to be a post. There's going to be a Twitter poll. Um, if there's a Reddit thread, hopefully. Reddit thread, engage with us. We'll talk to you about it. Um, you can ask also people on stream or any other platform where you might find them available. All right, that's going to wrap today's special uh, episode. This week we're having two. So the next episode will be coming back tomorrow at a new time. This will be our normal publishing time Thursdays at 12 p.m. Central European time. Of course, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you get your podcasts, Euphoria will be available. Um, Frosk, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I know you got to run, so we'll get you out of here. And also a special thank you to our set construction crew. They're very determined to finish that set, very aggressively finishing that set with every loud tool um, I've ever heard. That's our show. We'll see you guys tomorrow.